Hi, this is Harry Blaylock. Welcome to my podcast, Stories from the Sea. In these days of a COVID-crippled world, many of us long to travel and have more adventures, but that's either very difficult or impossible to do at the moment. I want to help give you a taste of adventure through my stories of diving through the years. I hope this helps and that you enjoy them. This story is called Lobster Hunting and Portuguese Man of War. After a couple of years of chasing lobsters until they finally ducked into a hole and then wrestling them out, we found out that if you found a lobster pot that had the float torn away from a storm, it was considered open game, since the owner obviously had no easy way of finding the lobster trap anymore. We would use the raft to go scouting for abandoned lobster traps on the bottom. We found the most efficient way to spot them was to have me dragging behind the raft with my mask and fins on, looking down for unattached lobster crates. I would be holding onto a rope attached to the raft. When I would see one, I would simply let go of the rope, marking the spot. My dad would then bring the raft back to me and throw my gear off the raft for me to go down and remove the lobsters from the trap. We found this was a very easy way to catch our limit of lobsters every day in a fairly short amount of time. You would typically find between two and eight lobsters in an abandoned trap, and around half of them were legal size. I believe the limit back then was six lobster per person per day, and since there were three of us, 18 lobsters per day was quite a haul. I got very good at spotting the traps and then going down and liberating the lobsters from the traps. My main challenge was getting my dad to drive the raft slow enough so it wasn't constantly ripping the mask from my face as I was being dragged behind it. My brother was supposed to be the lookout, keeping an eye on me, watching and alerting dad if I let go of the rope to let him know to come back to me. But my dad couldn't resist looking back at me instead of where he was going. We were usually out in the middle of the ocean in deeper water, so that usually wasn't too much of a problem, and you could always hear the other boats if they were in the vicinity. We had already learned to always be on the lookout for Portuguese man-of-war. They're a type of jellyfish that floats on the surface of the water. They have tentacles that hang down into the water and are about 30 feet on average and can be as long as 100 feet. The tentacles contain stinging nematocysts, microscopic capsules loaded with coiled barbed tubes, that deliver venom capable of paralyzing and killing small fish and crustaceans. We all had some brushes with these nasty critters and had all been stung. The tentacles are very fine, even thinner than fishing line, and are mostly translucent, making them very difficult to spot underwater, and nearly impossible to get off of you if you got tangled up in one. These guys are easy to spot on the surface because it looks like a bluish Ziploc bag with some dark blue liquid inside, which is the poison that goes down through their tentacles but they'll be bobbing along on the surface so you can spot them from quite far away if you're on the surface as well. Spotting them underwater is much more problematic as the tentacles are nearly invisible and while it's possible to see the floating sack from underneath, you typically aren't looking up your whole dive. You're looking down instead. One way to minimize the danger from them is to wear a full wetsuit and not have any exposed skin. But I was a high school boy from Michigan diving in the Florida Keys in March when everybody in Michigan was still bundled up in coats and boots. Wetsuits were for wusses in my book. Plus, I was always wanting to work on my tan so that I was nice and dark by the time we headed back to Michigan. There's nothing better than being the only kid in school with a nice dark tan at the end of winter. Once in a while, I would dive into Farmer John wetsuit, which was a one-piece, but the bottom half were shorts length and the top was like a sleeveless vest. It kept the core of your body protected and helped to hold in some of your heat, but your arms and legs were pretty much totally exposed. The only problem with wearing that was it gave you funky tan lines, and we've already established that I was a very vain teenage boy at the time. I usually chose to just dive in my swimsuit and take my chances, much better for my tan. 
One day we were out near the Tennessee Reef, seven miles out from the shore of the campground, and my dad was pulling me behind the raft looking for broken away lobster traps. I was working on my tan on this particular day, so only wearing my swimsuit, which just happened to be a Speedo back then. My dad was driving the raft, but my brother was watching me. The problem was that my dad was also watching me, instead of watching what was ahead of the raft. The raft was a pontoon design with open water in the middle of it. Since my dad wasn't looking where he was going, he drove right through a bunch of Portuguese man-of-war, with all of them going right into the raft, and then coming out the backside heading straight for me and my speedo. By the time my dad saw them, I was already getting stung. The little sacks on the top of the water were bouncing off of me, and the tentacles were wrapping me up from the head all the way down to the top of my boots. When you get stung, your first reaction is to try scratching the spot, getting the tentacles off of you. But that only makes things worse. The more you scratch, the more you activate the little triggers that sting you and inject you with more poison. I was screaming in the water as every part of my body seemed to be on fire and in pain. My dad pulled me back onto the raft, and you could already see the welts covering my entire body. When we had been stung before, it was usually just one small area. That would hurt like crazy, making you scratch uncontrollably. I saw genuine fear in my dad's eyes when he saw me and how many welts were covering my body. His first reaction in a situation like this was usually to get mad at me and blame me for whatever happened. But this time he was seriously scared. There's an old wife's tale that if you get stung by a jellyfish, you can pee on it and the ammonia in your urine will help take the pain out of the sting. Unfortunately, it's not ammonia that helps to relieve the sting, but vinegar, and your urine doesn't happen to have any vinegar in it. Since my dad didn't have any vinegar on the raft, and nothing else that would relieve the horrible stinging all over my body, he decided to try out the old wives' tale. Well, let me tell you as one who knows, it's much better to be pissed off than to be pissed on. I was in for another agonizing seven-mile ride back on the raft to our campsite, screaming in pain the whole way. Once we got back, I had to wait for my dad to drive out to find a store that actually sold vinegar and then get back to me with it. Once you pour the vinegar over the tentacles, it cooks them and makes them much easier to see. You can then start unwinding them and taking them off. You would think that would be the end of my diving with my dad, but no, I still hadn't learned my lesson and would continue to go on these crazy adventures with him. I'm not really sure how I survived my childhood. Little did I know at the time that I was just being given lots of experiences and stories to write about much later in life. Some of the experiences make me smile now, but some of them still really piss me off. I'm Harry Blaylock. Thanks for joining me for my podcast, Stories from the Sea.